Oscar Poker. sound great, Phil. You sound great, Sasha. Good deal. <laughs> okay. So, uh, are we speaking? <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> we're speaking to each other, yes. Phil and I were just arguing over um, email about... Look, uh, just before we get into box office, Phil, which is what we should you know, start things off with every weekend, um, you're a, uh, a very uh, uh, disaffected person at this stage in your life, and I completely, as I've told you before, agree with you. Um, I feel um, that Obama is completely uh, not what I would like to have going in the, in the, in the White House, although that's, that's never going to be a solution, to have the right person to take care of everything in the White House. That's just a, it's a figurehead thing more than anything else. It's really just a thing. It's what happens at the local level, the congressional level, and all that stuff. Well, Congress has been in a total standstill, and worse it's ever been this under Obama's yeah. administration, and that's deliberate, Yeah. by the way. And, and, and the obstinate, you know, stop him at all costs so we can win the next election is absolutely, you know, the words venal are not enough. Evil is really what the, um, the thing is. So basically what I feel is... Um, is that, however accurate, and I, I, I'm not—I'm uh, presuming that the Obama documentary that has made a pretty good amount of change this weekend is—and um, uh, obviously, I limited what I can say because I haven't seen it. But I—I but uh, I understand that it makes some points that are not totally invalid. Uh, it is uh, advancing an agenda like this guy has to be gotten rid of, as I presume, and. There's nothing in the world that can make this a good thing. I don't care how much money it's made. I don't care how valid it's point because we're in a, in a war for survival. And really, the evil people, I mean, I'm talking about people that are evil, that are not looking to just say, oh, I've got another way of running the country. I'm talking about people that are rankly evil, the bastards of the world, want to take control again. I don't see how it's, it's an anyway a good thing because it's basically a hit job a hit job it's it's not a good thing jeff i mean you're you're i don't i don't know you're you're trying to put words in my mouth i think a little bit here um you know i'm against what this guy's doing it and i'm against what michael moore does because what they do does nothing to advance any meaningful conversation in this country all they do is exploit the fact that we're already a polarized country they make it more polarized and they make a ton of money off it and nothing changes so, okay, well, I would like to stand up to me, for they're Mike. both the same. I have to stand up for Michael Moore yeah. in saying that there are two significant – there is one major difference between the two. Um, the Obama documentary is funded by conservative billionaires, funded by conservative billionaires who also funded the book. And it's basically an, an extended campaign ad for the Romney campaign. That's what it is. So – Michael Moore, you can no, say what you will about him, but he's not funded by left wing. I no, that's a New York Times article. That's a New York Times article about oh, okay. the, the movie I'm not and the book. Trust the New York Times on a conservative documentary. Oh come but, on, I mean, Bill. No, I'm saying I'm talking about funding. I'm not talking about content. I'm talking about well, I'll talk about content yeah. in a minute. But I'm talking about funding. I'm talking about the book yeah. that it was based on. The guy who made the movie, who's behind him, who's supporting him, who's backing him. These are guys who are have a long record of this. This isn't just out of the blue. Okay, so Michael Moore actually believes in what he's doing, and he's not funded by 
political activists. He's not. He would never do that. And in fact, he's come out in Capitalism, a Love Story against Obama. He turned a lot of liberals against Obama by showing his ties to Wall Street. He also talked about how bad both parties were recently when he was talking about the gun debate on CNN. He's not, um, um, you know, somebody who takes one specific side at all. He talks about the issue, you know, what is at stake, health care, gun violence, Wall Street, the war in Iraq. He stood up in front of the Oscars, all liberals, and he criticized the president and the war at a time when nobody really wanted to criticize it because everybody was pro-war at that time. And he got booed off the stage, right? That wasn't because well, not really, some, but he was, it was it was definitely considered a uh, no. He was I, you can look at the Jeff. Look at the video. He was booed. Go look at it okay. again. You'll see he was booed. And the thing is, is that he wasn't being paid by some cons, you know some liberal um, billionaire to say that stuff. He uh-huh. wasn't being paid or funded. But this guy is, and that's the danger, and that's what I wish the media would report on more, and they're not. They're treating it just like it's an ordinary documentary when it's really not. It's dangerous. It sets a dangerous precedent, and it's, you know, it's not something that should be called a documentary. It should be called out for what it is. There's a huge difference between what this guy's doing and what Michael Moore is doing. Sasha, but you haven't seen the movie. I mean, it's... You have to see it before you just take the Michael Moore take the high ground, and this guy doesn't. There's a lot. I hated the movie, by the way, too. Don't get me wrong. I gave it one and a half stars, but there's no difference between what Michael Moore does in a movie and what this guy does. It's the same kind of shit. And Michael Moore, yeah, okay, at the end of Capitalism, he makes, you know, maybe a couple lines about, okay, Obama has ties to Wall Street. But the rest of that movie is is blatantly anti-conservative. And that's the same problem with this movie too it's Bill, there's no there's basis. some subtlety to it there's some subtlety it treats obama like a human being which is more than you can say about what what more did with george w bush but you know it, it's it's the same thing they're, they're two sides of the same coin oh, he treated him like a human being just a, just a patsy oh, okay. no he, he was treated no, like a patsy someone who didn't know what he was doing and it you know and and history has has proved him right on that well yeah and, and besides I mean, that you know, this, um not only that but um you know, Michael Moore took very strong and significant um, positions against Obama in recent years. Even I had a Twitter fight with him, and he wrote to me and said, I'm still voting for Obama, you know, because I have to, because I have no other choice. But, um, you know, I'm really disappointed in him. And he's been a vocal critic. And you don't, you think that this guy is ever going to do that? He is never going to do that. How do you know that? No, that. because how do, how do you know Because that? who's paying his, who's writing out? the checks for the movie? Yeah, but so so what's the difference if you know if Michael Moore comes out and says, okay, look, you know, I, I hate these things Obama does, but I'm gonna vote for him anyway. He's doing the exact same thing that this Dinesh D'Souza guy is doing. Oh, does the, the, does that guy criticize the um, Romney and the and the critic, the um, conservative? I'm sure he will. I'm sure. No, I'm but sure has he? Does he in the that. movie criticize the conservatives? Yeah, he, there's parts of it. He shows uh, clips from um, Occupy Wall Street talking about. You know, uh, things related to that. It's not just completely, but that, you know. But that isn't necessarily conservative. That's just more about the bankers and the rich men, right? I, does he talk I mean, about the, the Romney here. campaign, I mean, it, for it, instance? To me, it's, you know, I don't agree with what either of them are doing. So I'm not going to take, I'm not going to get, you know. But see, I, my only point to you is that I think, I think that this guy is taking a specific side. And Michael Moore doesn't, in my opinion. But a lot of people disagree with me. I respect your opinion. I do. I just don't think you can lump them in together. I think it's a it's an insult to what Michael Moore does, where he's an actual filmmaker. He's not a no, you know, conservative. The movie never explicitly comes out and, and endorses Mitt Romney in the same way that Fahrenheit 9-11 never came out and explicitly endorsed John Kerry. I mean, Michael Moore went on the, the campaign trail to get John Kerry elected. Um, I, I don't hear Dinesh D'Souza doing that. I mean, the, it, you know, they're, they're both one side, and then they don't advance the conversation in any meaningful no, way. No, it's, it's just not the same, though. I mean, I, I, I will watch the movie. Michael Moore is, is, is not a fantasist. He does not take drugs and create delusional 
images Jeez, of what the reality. You guys reality. think that because you agree with what he says. That's what I'm saying. No, I mean, not it's, necessarily. It's I didn't. So, I did not no agree with him when he criticized for the, for, for the one percenters and for the venal and for the evil people in this country. There's 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 a significant financial um, uh, uh, sec sector in this country that believes the world is for the few, and either you you and if you're with them. You're basically saying, listen, man, I didn't make the, the situation here, but I'm just out for myself, and I'm going to get what I can to take care of my family, and I want to, like, pal up with people who think like me. Those are what the conservatives are like. That's not a humane way of living. That's not a, you know, and you can't say, oh, we have to be fair to these people. I don't understand what, why there's this, you know, that you are casting this as, like, you know, this is the loyal opposition. This is the what they feel. There's honor. I don't think there's honor to it. There really isn't. No, I'm not well, necessarily other... saying there's honor to it. You're, you're uh, again, putting words in my mouth here. Jeff, I mean, I but... don't agree with a lot of his techniques and the way he presents the information. That's, that's but what about the information, what though, I'm Phil? Saying, what about the I'm fact not... that he's saying that, that this is all about his Kenyan-born father and his conspiracy to dismantle the entire American uh, dream? That's Liberals make the, the same argument that Bush went to war in Iraq because he had daddy issues. I mean, you think that's, you like, think that's that is not the same, though. This is about racism. I'm, this is about calling Obama the other. This is about saying Obama has Kenyan ideals, that he's an African trying to ruin what America is all about. That's very different from saying Bush has daddy issues, which he probably does, but he's not. They don't no, call him the other it because it's it, it's examining the, the past that both men have. And saying let's let's ask questions about you know how that influences um, what they do now. Do I agree with what he says about Obama's past and how it influences today? It, not really, but the question needs to be asked. And, and there are some things in his past that what has to be you, asked. His Kenyan but past, his Kenyan past, no, his African the, the past, stuff, the Jeremiah Wright stuff. Bill you know that, that stuff stuff. needs to be questioned. Why so, does it be questioned? That's ridiculous. About, I mean, if he was stuff. some radical, I could understand that. But he is the most milked, one of the most milk toast presidents we've ever had. There's nothing radical about what Obama is doing. God, I wish he was the radical that the writer portraying him as. I wish yeah, so he was I. an activist. So do I. I wish he was. And so do I. I you're talking well, so to somebody why, who why would anyone... campaign in 2008. So the only reason even, this documentary exists... The guy who, who sides with Bill Ayers' uh, uh, background. Guys, who I, you're, I, missing, I, you know, you're missing the point of my argument. I'm not backing up But what you said there's validity doing. to talking about his Bill Ayers connection. You yes, he that. makes valid points in the movie. Does that mean the entire movie is good? It's no. not Does valid mean, to say it to make the Bill Ayers thing. The Bill Ayers thing has been bullshit from the word go. It's not valid. Period. End of story. Just because he, okay, so he fraternized with a guy in a political mixer? It's not, and, fair when, uh, it's not fair when liberals talk about Bush being in Skull and Bones. That's, that's not good either. You know, no, you can't make an argument on actual basis of his beginnings of his of his uh, identification with the with the elite and and with you know Skull and so Bones. Not a myth. So what? Real. So Obama wiped the slate clean of all the influences he's, he's had before he was president. Give me a break. You're, no, you're, he's you're, actually you're a, he's actually a, um, a, no, a what radical. I, said is that I, I wish he hadn't slate so clean. I wish he wasn't so milk and toasty. I, I just don't think there's any basis to it at all about about accusing him of being a secret. Uh, covert lefty looking to undermine the American way of life. It's sickening either. to, it to listen sickening. to this stuff. And it's insulting, and it's the first time in my life I've been ashamed to be an American. I've never seen this kind of hate in my life, ever. Because I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. People weren't like that. There wasn't a radical conservative movement trying to take over. They're, they're the ones who were trying to take over our, our government and our system. Controlling women's bodies, making it not about their choice anymore. Um... You know, this is yeah. stuff that the conservatives never used to be about, and the radicals are taking over their party, not our party. So I'm offended by that documentary. I'm offended by the ads for it. You haven't watched it. I'm talking okay, about the we, ads. We got the news Just the ads. Guys are getting way past Bill, the message. Bill Contrino is the like, box office guy, and he's also the resident conservative on... Uh, on Hollywood elsewhere. I mean, on uh, um, uh, Oscar Poker, right? I mean, you're basically Jeff, you're, you're just projecting conservative ideas onto me, and that, okay. that's not the case. I'm talking about this strictly in, in in terms of the way they present message. He's way, saying both sides are bad, basically. Both sides are yes, equally bad. Exactly. Read my review. He's not saying one is better than the other. He's basically right in the middle. You know, I hate them both. And yes. that's the problem with our elect. 
with our system as it is now because Phil and all the gener- you know the whole, mainly many of the people of his generation feel that sort of apathy that that neither of them are good. It's a two party system. It oh, should God. no, it's not. And, and, but, but, I want accountability back into this. But there because never will be because. I'm sorry. Stop calling me apathetic. I mean, I'm saying there's a there's a two party system, right? And we have to pick left or right, and you have to argue for your side, no matter what. That accountability goes out of the window when out the window when you do that because nobody liberals aren't being vocal enough about how upset they are with Obama because we got to get Boogeyman Romney out of right. the way. Give me a fucking break. It's it's got to end. That's he true. Is a boogeyman, no Phil. He is a boogeyman. Yeah, well, Obama is too. Talk to the, the the people in you know Pakistan where he's waging a secret war and you know drone attacks. Okay, he you know he's many many people have been killed by drones under Obama's. He's he's deliberately yeah. killed terrorists and people who are suspected of terrorist signs. He has made personal decisions about who's going to be killed and who you know he absolutely has done that. Yes. Yeah. But so, so have a lot of presidents, but because he, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people are starting to complain so about him. You know, he's not a boogeyman in his own life. I'm telling you, I can't hear half of this conversation. I know. <laughs> well, we well, we should get off of this conversation, but but mainly here's my point, Phil, and I told you this in email, is that what scares me is that not enough people vote as it is. The Republicans are doing everything they can to disenfranchise voters in Pennsylvania, which is basically illegal. They're going to buy an election out in the open and legally for the first time ever in U.S. history. No, I'm talking about Citizens United decision where there's oh, sure. unlimited right. spending. For the right. first time in U.S. history... They're going to buy an election legally and out in the open. That is something worth fighting against, no matter what you think about Obama. So no, I think I, agree. That, I, I hope people I, get no, out. No, you don't. You seem to be saying, "Oh no, it's fair." You know, it's one side or the other. They're both just as bad. No, 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 Jeff. I don't. I'm not one side or the other. That's the whole thing. I'm, I'm saying that we should look at the issues from the middle and and say when the left is wrong, call them out on it. When the right is wrong, call them out on it. I like what they're doing, and that's my state, Pennsylvania. I know it. My my younger brother volunteers for Obama, and they're they're petitioning to fight against it, and I, I back him up on that 100. percent But they're not um, going to win because the the judges in Pennsylvania are all Republican, and one of them was caught out saying the guy who um, who started the voter ID law sponsored it said, "Well, we're going to make sure that Romney wins Pennsylvania." Yeah, right. He says it's done. We're, we're, we've we've so accomplished that. Why yeah. would Americans not? Can you imagine if a, a party led by a black man was doing that sort of thing? Just try to imagine it. Obama tried to get the Affordable Care Act passed, and he was called a communist. Imagine what would happen if he was trying to do what they're doing in Pennsylvania to the democratic system. Just try to imagine that. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, liberals have to be more aggressive about it, and they're not. And that's that's why, you know, it goes back to Ides of March. You know, you, they, you just don't fight the way you're supposed to fight. Right. I get that. You know? I hear that. But I'm fighting, and I yeah. hope that everybody else starts to fight, too, because I'm not even – it's not – for me, it's not about Obama versus Romney. It's about the underlying issues like the Citizens United decision, and I don't want to see America lose an election to two – in. Elect unelectable douchebags, Ryan and Romney, who would never get elected in any other instance, due to a corrupt, um, you know, to su- voter suppression and to the Citizens United decision, which is going to allow them to buy this election. And those two things, they should lose for that. That party yep. should lose just for those mm-hmm. two things. Yeah, no, I agree, and 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 they will lose. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I'm really worried. Yeah, yeah but well, we, we got to, you know, it's like. Let's let's be more to the middle, and let's be let's try to keep it civil and advance the conversation instead of. Just I really have no think there's nothing to be gained from being civil towards arch Republicans and people like the Koch brothers and Citizens United. There's nothing to be gained by it. You're just putting a nice face on a really reprehensible situation. What is to be gained by being nice to people like that? Phil left. Phil, are you there? Yeah. No, I'm here. Okay. Yep. I'm sorry. I think he's looking at the international numbers. <laughs> no. I am. No, they're, yeah, they're coming in now. They're coming um, in now. Uh-oh, okay. Yeah. Well, just briefly, can you go down what happened to poor, um, poor you know, the, the story of the weekend, apart from the Obama documentary, it seems to me that <clears throat> there was an overwhelming feeling last weekend, as recently as last weekend, uh, that um, that uh, Premium Rush, the David Kep uh, bicycle messenger film, which had been widely disparaged and snickered and laughed at uh, when the trailer showed. I, I personally witnessed myself. People were dismissing it out of hand. 
Why, why should I pay like $12 to see a bicycle messenger movie? Give me a break. So it, what happened is that a lot of people in my particular community, the critics, uh, uh, they said it was cool. It was a Roadrunner movie, and it was uh, actually pretty good. And um, you know, I'm hearing jets or something. Uh, there's a guy. My what's that? Downstairs is a guy with a motorcycle who has to sit there and warm it up for like 30 minutes before he drives it off. There he wow. goes. <laughs> He's driving it off. That's my favorite part of the weekend. So anyway, uh, suddenly the the critics said, "Hey, this is not some you know pathetic." avoided at all cost movie this is actually pretty good however the people that had seen the trailer uh i think were pretty set in their view about whether they wanted to pay to see it and then i think i'm right phil didn't it do pretty poorly or yeah i mean it's it's just doa um it you know they estimate 6.3 million which is nothing um it's it'll be gone three weeks from now um yeah and i mean i think it you know it's just a, a a the wrong movie at the wrong time for for joseph and Levitt because he has a lot of traction now after Inception and um, Dark Knight Rises and if he had the right project right now it would have took off and this is not the right project you're right I mean the reactions to the trailer were awful so yeah did you happen to see it? I didn't I mean I'm still playing catch up um, but yeah I'm going to see it at some point just because he's an actor that you know we need to pay attention to because he's, you know, not going away anytime soon. You know how so. it is with screenings. Uh, some half the time with screenings of big studio films, if they have something that they don't think is going to do all that well, they don't exactly uh, invite everybody to see the uh, prior to opening screening, uh, be it the all media, or whatever. You have to kind of call them. It's become totally norm. Hey, by the way, guys, I hear you're wor- you're opening a film in seven days. May I please see it? Oh, sure. We have a screen, but you have to ask them. You know. So I did. I forgot to ask uh, Sony, and I knew that something had happened this week, but I didn't. Uh, uh, I wasn't aggressive enough about it, and I think I had something else to do that night, so I didn't see it. Now I'm, I'm going to go see it. To, I'm actually going to pay to see this thing because I hear it <laughs> half bad. Yeah, and I mean that's the that's the best way to do it. You know, you're going to see. I, I want to see it with an actual audience too, because um, you know I want to see if if it really is as good as the critics are saying. I want to see people kind of go into it with, you know, lukewarm expectations and then be surprised by it. I really like that that kind of reaction that happens. So, right. um, yeah, I'll probably check it out this week as well. well. Well, of course, now I'm not going with lukewarm. Now I'm going with, hey, it's pretty good. So I'm going to go there expecting <laughs> the world. You're going to get let down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. Let down. yeah. So, it's amazing, um, though, I mean, how expectations are kind of – the way expectations – are shaped now have changed so so much because we have access to so much information. It's like a roller coaster ride of I think this might be good. No, now it's not going to be good. Now it might be good. You know, mm. that never happened before. Nice. So true. Managing expectations. Um, yeah, with Twitter and everything, and it's true. And the and the the higher the expectation, the the, the harder the fall. It's really becoming an awful thing to watch. Um, what, just, a, a, what a totally dead period this is right now. It's just there, there was nothing. Um, I mean, I didn't see uh, or hear anything about the apparition, the horror film, other than that, that was uh, that it was pretty bad. Did you happen to see that, Phil? No, no. I mean, Warner Brothers basically dumped it. So that's you know, right. when when they put a movie out and it's opening at 800 locations, that's you know, stay the hell away from this one. Because right. um, I mean, major studios just don't do that. Um, yeah. Well, fine. Here, let's make it about Oscars. I think the Koch brothers are going to buy an Oscar. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So now you can leave everything in there and, and you're good I like how Jeff calls it the Koch brothers. <laughs> well, I think you're, it is a cock, cock, cock. No, Coke, uh, Coke brothers. Excuse me. I, I keep getting that wrong. I'm sorry. And it's because of Howard Koch and his son, Hawk Koch. At CO, and I just got it wrong by saying, by missing the CH, but I really thought it was Koch. But Coke is, you're right. I know that's what you're supposed to say it. So I made a mistake. Sorry. Um, a cock's better, though. It works yeah. better. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's a dead weekend, and there's another de- dead coming um, on the 31st, uh, Friday. It's also dead. I don't even know what possession the possession is. Uh, there's Lawless, which is terrible. I saw that in Cannes. That's the uh, Weinstein uh, Brothers thing from John It Hill. sort of has a bad ending, yeah. Kind of. I think it has a... 
you know, it's, I, I don't see what the thing is. And I, I really lost it with John Hilker. I said, that's the end of my being uh, especially interested or taking, sitting up and taking special notice when one of his films comes along because I really thought it was nothing. Just, you know, it was a Roger Corman film, a New World film from the 80s. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I, I mean, I think that uh, Shia LaBeouf was good in it and um, uh, uh, Jessica Chastain never turns in a bad performance. She was, she was actually pretty good. Yeah. But it, it wasn't, didn't make a lot of sense. A woman of some cultivation and intelligence. Clearly, you can tell her she's a classy woman, and she decided to show up at, you know, this, you know, backwoods environment. I, I like a job. I'm looking to change my life. Can I hang with you guys and probably have an affair with one of you? I don't know. I haven't decided which. And because and I, I, I mean, I'd like to, you know, read my Emily Dickinson when I'm not working and, uh, and man the bar and maybe just elevate place, you know. Cause well, I think she comes from a shady past, doesn't she? Like she was chased out of town for being a whore or whatever it was. And she's I trying to go somewhere where she can actually get a job. She's too classy to be whore or slutty. Like she doesn't exude it. She just, yeah, but you know, that's what she was. Oh, I say. So no matter what the movie said, you said you didn't buy it that she was. Uh, I didn't buy it. I just look at her. I know she's Jessica Chastain. She's right away going in. She's a she's she's you know she's Meryl Streep level almost. I mean, I think she's great. I mean, everything she does is is. So I just said, okay, so she's going to be somebody common and coarse and perhaps a little shady and uh, you know she's uh, been run out of town for something. I didn't get that. I don't care what the dialogue said. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, so do we? No, have- it isn't. I just bored you to tears. No, it's just funny because I was writing something about um, the Oscars in an election year, and I've I've I realized that I've been through. Um, I was the Bush Gore election was when I first started my website. Then I was there for. Um, right. So I, I wasn't doing the Oscars during the Clinton era. I was only there at the beginning with Bush, and so I was kind of there with with. Um, no, it was it was Y two K, so it was Bush Gore, right? So Bush uh, won four years of Bush, four more years of Bush, mm-hmm. and then Obama, and now this. So this will be my fourth election where I've been writing about the Oscars, and mm-hmm. it really does have an effect on how um, because we're headed into the season, the election season, the same time as we're heading into the Oscars, and the interesting thing about this year is that. Um, last four years ago, I remember Obama was pretty good about Twitter. He was on Twitter. Obviously, McCain wasn't. Um, Twitter wasn't quite as powerful then as it is now. And, you know, this will be like the Twitter election. And in many ways, somehow it's all tied in to me with, with also fall movie season, you know, because you have Lincoln and you have Zero Dark Thirty, and both of those movies are um, being their dates were changed so as not to seem like they were trying to influence the election yet both films are kind of going to end up being pro obama um zero dark 30 because you know the obama administration gets to take credit for taking down osama bin laden despite what the conservatives are trying to do to dismantle that and lincoln of course is uh the president who freed the slaves enabling a black man to become president so um, when you start looking at the stuff going on during the Civil War and Lincoln and all that they were fighting, it's really hard not to note the significance of Obama's presidency. Um, I realize that's racism on the other side, but nonetheless, it's going to be a point of uh, discussion, I think, as we move forward into the fall season. So that's what one you, reason um, to say it's that we talk about politics, not just because – we're interested and we're active, you know, we're activist citizens, but because everything ties into politics, you know. Yeah, absolutely. When do you believe, uh, when do you suspect, based on the timing issues that are uh, fairly well uh, set out, uh, that we'll see the first Lincoln uh, trailer? Wouldn't you imagine that we'd be seeing that sometime after, not long after Labor Day? I don't know. What do you guys when, think? I mean, do we tend to see these trailers for for major films? Don't they tend to come out at least two months in advance? You can get away with it. I mean, look at what Warner Brothers is doing with Trouble with the Curve. I mean, that that comes out next month, and we just saw the trailer. Well, yeah, what, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I think when you're when you're dealing with the over thirty five crowd, um, 
as long as they see it in some way, you're you're fine. Um, you know, the people are going to show up for trouble with the curve. That's going to be huge, and and people will show up for Lincoln. They don't need to have this, you know, six month lead up that you know most tentpole movies have. Mm-hmm. So, right, right, yeah, it is weird that the the Lincoln trailer hasn't shown itself. What do you think that that's about? Do you think it's just about him wanting to keep under wraps uh, Daniel Day Lewis as Lincoln? Other than we've seen a picture of him, but you know the way he talks and walks, and you know. Um, do you think it's just sort of that kind of reveal, waiting for the last minute so that we can see? He did the same thing with Warhorse, didn't he? Like held it back for a really long time. Yeah, but they're not really waiting last minute. I mean, we're talking about a November 9th release, so beginning um, uh, Labor Day, which is next week, uh, we're looking at a two uh, two months and a nine week period. So I, I don't think it's holding back. Mm. Uh, clearly, they're, they've begun the slow rollout. The first thing was the. You know, the first significant thing was the, the the one sheet, which is actually pretty pretty great. I love the the Richard Avedon uh, quality of the black and white photograph of anything uh, the, anything that uh, they they are bringing. I mean, they're clearly begun the the rollout. So I just thought that uh, I, I presume that within a couple of weeks, I think I'm, I'm guessing that we'll, we'll probably see something, at least a teaser. You know, and let that sit there for two or three weeks. But I. I kind of um, have a feeling, I don't know what to, uh, how to put this, but I just have this feeling that they're not super confident that it's something that's going to go down all that well with the critics. I have a feeling. It's because it's feels, but I've felt that all along. So. Hmm. Putting you all to sleep again. So. Well, interestingly, um, you know, Tony Kushner is married to Mark Harris, who writes the uh, who wrote the Oscar metrics column for Grantland. Yeah. Well, He's taken himself yep. out this year because um, he has a vested interest in the Oscar race, he said. So he's not even going to be writing about the Oscars this year because of Lincoln. Right. So that's a pretty big deal. Like, I wonder if, for instance, if Lincoln totally crashed and burned and was like, there is no way that movie is going to be an Oscar movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, would he continue to then write on, on Grantland or is he just totally taking himself out of it? I was wondering about that. But... um. He has no choice. Well, even if the movie's not an Oscar movie, Daniel Day-Lewis will still be in play, even if it's bad. You right. know, look at what happened with um, Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Jay Edgar. Yeah. Right. Know. Yep. Good point. Mark Harris would have no um, no no choice at all but to remove himself entirely. However good, however wonderful, however awful, however mediocre it might be. Um, there is only one way uh, to go on this, and that's to not be involved. It's too bad because I love this stuff. And Oscar metrics began it was begin sometime in last year. Did he started? He waited for a while, right, until November or something. He didn't go early with Telluride. No, and no he started. He started the seasonal column. Yeah. But so Stu Van Airsdale's not doing Oscars for uh, Movie Line, and Mark Harris isn't doing them for. Yeah. Uh, Grantland. <laughs> this is so funny. Like, people, you know, it's not, I always feel like Timothy Treadwell in um, in Grizzly Man doing the Oscars. It's like, you, you know, you will come here. You, not everybody can do this. You know, you, you head into the Grizzly Maze. <laughs> you cover the Oscar race. Uh, you come here, you will die here. Because <laughs> people yeah. are always dropping like flies. Like, nobody yeah. likes to cover. Not that Mark Harris doesn't like to. I'm sure he'll be back next year. But Stu always hated it, you know. <clears throat> Um, I want to briefly uh, talk about, just share something about iPad 3. I, I mentioned this a little bit before, but I... Uh, well, uh, do you guys mind if I run them? Oh, Phil, I got wait, is there anything else we can talk about? Uh, what about um, uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises? Is it just dead or what? Well, I mean, the interesting thing about that is um, this is another prime example when, you know, the international box office is saving the day um, because, you know, domestically it... It's not even close to living up to, to Dark Knight, but internationally, it's just making a killing. Wow. Um, you know, already passed the Dark Knight's international total, and it hasn't opened in China yet, and it's going to be huge in China. Um, so it's, it's kind of rebounded because of its international take. That's incredible. So, and that's because there's no, been no scary shooting to freak people out <clears throat> over there, so they're just still going on pure hype. Yeah, I mean they're removed from it. I mean, obviously they're, they're probably aware of the story, but it's not as you know immediate and um, in your face as it is for us. So, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm still not ready to blame the shooting entirely on it. 
you know, not living up to the Dark Knight. I don't, I don't think that's the case here. I think a, a bunch of other factors. Uh, you know, the, the main one being that people like the movie, but they don't like it as much as they liked the Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's it. You know, so it had big shoes to fill domestically, and it couldn't live up to them. But at the end of the day, it's okay because of international. So. so if someone was to ask you today, right now, in at the end of summer, what was the box office story of the summer and or of the year so far, what would you say? The number one box office story. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd have to go with Avengers. Um, you would, right? Because it made know. the most money and it surprised people. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and not the fact that the $600 million domestic thing is big, but to me, the, the real interesting thing is the the 200 million dollar opening weekend um you know because that kind of sets a new standard and now you know every studio is going to want their own 200 million dollar opening weekend you know 100 million dollars you know that's that's child's play now wow we want 200 million dollars yeah i mean that's that's what we're looking at that's that's a new reality for blockbusters what do you credit that with what do you think was the reason for that 200 million because oh, everything's costing so much and for marketing yeah. going up. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, there's a reason that um, distributors are kind of, they hold the, the 3D numbers close to their chest because they don't they don't want us writing the stories about, okay, you know, 60% of the 3D tickets or the sales for Avengers were in 3D. If you break that down into ticket sales, this is how many tickets it's actually sold. And based on that, it's not the, the best opening of all time. You know, they, they don't want those kind of, you know, articles to, to happen, um, you know, because it steals their thunder. So, mm. um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So um, so that that hideous Obama doc is a big story because it, it went up like 400% or something, right, over the when they expanded it? Um, wait, I have to pull up the and it's made like nine million second. so far, which is insane. Six, so right. it's going to probably catch up with Katy Perry. I here's my question for you, Phil. Though, I'm not one prone to conspiracy theories. Like I'm not at all that person. My sisters both are, but I'm not into it. Um, but somebody asked me this, and I kind of got me thinking. Like, what's to stop people from just sitting there, millionaires, people with a lot of money, and buying tickets and then just not going to the show? What do you think about that? Is there any way to ever find that out? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of... Uh, no, I don't think so. Because, I mean, and it's more just my experience with, with the movie. I mean, like I, I told you guys in the email, I went to see it at an 11 o'clock show on a Friday, which I thought I was going to be the only one in the theater. And it was it was almost sold out. Okay. And, and where was it, you this? Know, the, the interest is there. Where was What? It? Where did you see it? This is... A, in yeah, Philly? in Pennsylvania. Yeah, oh, wow. my hometown. Not um, a good sign. And yeah. <laughs> That's bad. What? Not a good sign that it was sold out in Pennsylvania. That's bad. Yeah, well, I mean, Pennsylvania is a, a huge, not to get back on politics, but Pennsylvania could tip either way. There's, you know, there's a lot of conservative people here. Um, yeah. You know, so it is definitely a state that's in play, for sure. And um, aren't you so. also talking about. Um, uh, you know the the same kind of crowd that went to go see the Passion of the Christ and how huge that was and how you're always talking about how there's not enough movies for um, people who aren't liberal minded and who aren't you know who don't want to see violence and don't want to see sex and you know they don't have a lot of movies it's a silent majority basically um, and isn't this movie sort of feed right into that? It does. I mean, it does. And, and Hollywood's. I mean, they're they're. Waking up to that in a big way. I mean, that's why you have, um, you know, Noah going into and and the you know the battle going on for the Moses movies. Um, these people go to the movies and and they have you know they they want something that's aimed at them. That's there's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, you know, so so yeah. it's not impossible to think that people actually did go see it because they really wanted to go see it, as opposed to what I think, which is a bunch of people just. Um, you know, making it look I really, like it yeah, did no, well. I really just, I just feel like <laughs> disgusting. I, I just, yeah, we're, we're done. We're, we're all saying, yeah. I'll all talk right. to you soon. Okay, right. talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Um, so anyway, the next time we meet, we'll be in Telluride, if you could believe yes. it. That's coming up so fast. 
Yep, uh, three more work days, which are going to go very quickly, and then uh, off to um, Durango. Uh, myself and you too are flying there, but you will not get there until the evening. Okay, so why don't we go over the uh, t- the titles? All right. The- now, the only thing that seems to be in some level of doubt, but I would hope that it's not, uh, is the Clint Eastwood film, which I don't know that he's going to be there or anybody's going to come there, but usually people who have films at Telluride tend to accompany the film, so I would yeah. think he would be there. And his movie is called Trouble with the Curve, which is now being billboarded all over the place, and it's a... Uh, you know, it's a aging baseball scout uh, having a relationship thing going on with his daughter. I guess there's some, some level of estrangement or something. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Million Dollar Baby a, a little bit with a little uh, Gran Torino. You know, that, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. And uh, Justin Timberlake is a pitcher. So. Right. And, and um, Clint Eastwood's come along to be his coach, right? And Amy Adams comes in and she's got conflict with her dad. He's not a coach. He's a scout, a guy who goes out. Oh, he's a scout. So he's coming to scout Justin Timberlake. Is that what he's yeah, doing? Yeah, I, I guess so. Like and that. then he he ends up having an affair with Amy Adams. and I presume. Yeah. Yep. That was it's, that. <laughs> that's my only complaint with it is it just seems so by the numbers, you know, so typical. It's Elevated kind of, uh, by the performances, which look really good. But mm-hmm. I hope it's a good movie, too, on top of that, you know. I was told by a person who uh, has seen it and is uh, programming that it's really not a film festival type movie. It's just not on that level. Right. Uh, but you could say that Gran Torino is not a film festival movie either. I like that film. So, well, know. I'll tell you what. Clint Eastwood showing up in Telluride would be a huge deal. And, yeah. you know, he would have all the bloggers a flutter. <laughs> so it, yeah. would be a, it would be a smart move. Um, yeah. So they're also bringing Argo, Warner Brothers. Yes. And that means maybe Ben Affleck will be there and maybe Jennifer Garner again from... Yeah. She was there last year with Butter. And uh, that is not the uh, problem film. Remember, there was a, there was a, I was told that there's one huge problem film. Uh, it goes so far as to be called a total fiasco. That is not it. And it's not Lincoln. And, you know, I was told, just shut up about it. You know, just, just trust me. It's out there. When it happens, it happens. And stop trying to speculate. So. Oh, dear. Really? But it's not a Telluride you know, dear, movie. I just said it's not Argo. And it's not uh, Lincoln. And it's not, um, what else do we say? What else do we, uh, you know, it's not a movie that comes at the end of the year. It's not a December movie. It's not, uh, uh, it is not um, Gatsby, which has moved into 2013. Um, so I don't know what it is, but it's not the but one we were. It's not a Telluride movie, right? It's just coming out sometime. No, no, it was described as a fall festival movie, which would mean Telluride or Toronto, Telluride or Toronto or something. I, I oh. presume that Telluride's, that the Tom Luddy and Gary Meyer and those guys are not going to be stupid enough to bring in a total fiasco. So it's probably going to show up at. Um, um, Toronto, I guess, whatever it is. Right, right. We don't know. So, you know, you can you can tweet us at Oscar po- up Oscar Podcast if you would <laughs> like to guess what movie they're talking about. We would... hey, you're ahead of me. I didn't even know that there was a, tw- uh, a Twitter account for Oscar. Uh, there yeah. is, you're saying. Yeah, at Oscar Podcast is our, is our official Twitter. I completely, sorry for being a moron, but I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's okay. But so what other titles are coming? I mean, many of the films we've already seen in Cannes, yeah. which sort of makes, you know, Chris Tapley, he's so logical. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so such a logical dude. He's always saying to me, you know, you should pick Cannes or Telluride, but not do both, because Telluride almost always pick, takes the, the movies from Cannes. Yeah. And this year is no exception, so we have Amour, yeah. right? I mean, this isn't the official lineup, we should say. This is just you and Chris kind of digging around and figuring out yeah. what's coming, right? Yep. So. I didn't even have Amour on the... That's the Michael Haneke film, for those who are not familiar with it. It's about aging and facing death, or a couple in their 80s. It's not, not a charming film, but it's a very honest and true and touching film, according to many who are admirers. I felt it was so uncomfortable that I couldn't, having lost my dad uh, mm-hmm. to the kind of dementia that these people are going through, I found it deeply uncomfortable to watch. You know, it's something soothing about it to me. And I know, and I, maybe it's because I obsess on, you don't think about death like I do. To you, you just want to be like working at your keyboard, drop dead, and that's that. You don't even think about it. But for me, it's right. like it obsesses me on a daily basis. And so mm-hmm. when a film 
goes there, it's it's somewhat soothing because I can see it play out. You know, right, right. Um, there's a great new book coming out. You remember Paul Oster? Uh, that name rings a bell, but I can't remember who he is. Well, remember back in the '80s, there was a movie called Smoke with with um, I think William Hurt was in it. it yes, I do of, remember that. It was yes, a big deal back then. I don't know what bloggers would make of it today, but mm-hmm. it made quite a splash. And the guy who wrote it, Paul Oster, wrote the book. Is this really kind of thoughtful writer, interesting writer, and he's mm-hmm. just come out with a memoir, and mm-hmm. he's in his sixties, and it's about growing old. And he tells it from the point of view of his body, what his body was like as a teenager, you know, and all the way through his life as his body's changing. And the death of his mother was particularly significant in his life, really hard for him to deal with. Mm-hmm. And he writes all about that. And so I was listening to a podcast of him talking, and I just found it oddly soothing that, you know, that there are people of our age that are talking about this this kind of stuff. Because this is really what, you know, getting older is all about. Not in my book. No, I know, not in your book. But there is a part of it, Jeff, that is like... Oh, I'm getting older. Oh, (laughs) my legs, my my muscles ache now. Oh, man, I I am never going to say that. I don't care how much my muscles ache. I'm going to talk about what's happening, what's happening, what's live. Let's move it. Let's do it. Let's take a walk. Let's have a nice meal, you know, whatever. Oh, I'm getting tired. (laughs) You're so not that guy. (laughs) Well, for one thing, you've got endless amounts of energy. You know, you just do like you don't even walk. You bound when you walk. You have so much energy in your stride, you know, Um, and that's got to be genetics. I think that some of us just are lucky. Uh, You you, if you're not if you've never been sick and you're not the sort of person who seems to get ill occasionally, we all get. I mean, I get occasional fever, but I I don't get very sick. And I get I just know I'm I'm not going to be uh, uh, I'm going to be around for a while, I think. I have a feeling. Yeah, I think so, too. The only thing that might get you, and you is the fact that you don't have health care, so you can't look at preventative stuff. And that's the thing that, that you need to be, that's right. make that sure right. you pay attention to. you got to get a colonoscopy and all that crap. Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, so what else is coming? So there's a more sort of, I've heard it was confirmed, but you didn't get that confirmation, right? Well, every uh, every time Sony Classics always brings at least one of theirs, yeah. and it's either a more or it's going to be uh, uh, possibly the Pablo Lorraine film No, which is a big. Uh, you didn't? Did you see that in Cannes? I didn't see it. No. Uh, you had to go to a market screening to see it. Uh, so it's one of those, and it, you know what would be the, the one that I'd like to see because it's just recently acquired. I won't be there, I guess, but it, but I'd like to see the Redford film, but I guess they're not going to. Uh, yeah. That's going to be at Toronto for sure. Mm, damn. Why, you don't like that? I can tell you. you no, you, I want to see it. I'm bummed out that it's not going to be at Telluride, but... Mm. Oh, well, that's okay. And then, so Rustin Bone will be there, right? Yeah, which is a, more of an acting thing for her than it is a great film. I don't think it's a great film. I think it's a good film, though. And I was pleased that I saw it. And that was... This is the Jacques Odiard film about mm-hmm. a... <clears throat> somewhat of a manipulative, not the nicest guy in the world, has a... It sort of falls into a relationship that gradually ripens and builds into something of substance. Yeah. Um, Very French. Different. Yeah. You know, French people, they like to tell these long... Amour isn't like it, that. Amour is very tight and, yeah. you know, it's it's it doesn't mm-hmm. have any fat on it. It's very lean. But, but Rust and Bone is very much like police. You remember police? <clears throat> these kind yep. of French stories that sort of go on and on and on right. and on right. and on. Yeah. You know, kind of like uh, Bollywood movies right. Right. in a way. But Rest and Bone isn't like a Bollywood movie. I'm not saying that. It's it's really good, I think, and especially because of her performance. The um, Sapphires is going to be there, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a uh, film that everybody liked and can. I lo- I thought it was, has an excellent. It's a it's about an Aboriginal dream girls like group. It's based on actual history about a. A group that uh, was formed in Australia, and their big moment in the summer was when they did a big tour in Vietnam in the mid-60s. Yeah. And um, based on an actual memoir by the son of one of the women. Mm-hmm. And it's got great soul music, and it's, and, um, it's really a, a, a winner, really a winner for about 45 to 50 minutes, maybe an hour. All right, let's be liberal and say it's good for the first hour. It, it kind of runs a little bit out of gas, not not doesn't stall and stop, you know, pull over the side of the road, but it does get a little less good as it moves in the third act. So, hmm. 
but it's a good, very good film. It's really, um, uh, it's more fun. I said to me, I like this better than Dreamgirls. I really did. So oh, it's the same type of thing in a way. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there's no chance the master's coming, right? It's been nixed. It's been forgotten about. You know, that ma- the master has been shown so much. I feel like there's not, like it's almost going to be an afterthought when it shows up in Toronto. I mean, after Venice and after these screenings in San Francisco and Chicago and Santa Monica and I don't know where the next one's going to be. Oh, yeah, they had one in New York at the uh, Museum of Moving Image, mm-hmm. so that's four. And a lot of people have weighed in on it, so... I haven't heard anybody weigh in on it from the San Francisco school. Well, a friend of mine wrote me and told me that he loved it, but the, other it, than that... It, Owen flew up there, I think. Yeah, did he write about it, though? He did. Oh, he said it was like Fight Club. That, that was the analogy that he felt was... Uh, worth uh, throwing out there. So. Huh, did he like it? He said, uh, like everybody else who has seen it, he doesn't dislike it. He says he has to see it again. <laughs> everybody oh. says that. They don't uh, say that. They basically don't know what they saw. Yeah, it doesn't seem to deliver and cohere and come together in ways that they know how to process it. It's, it's, it's an original. So. Right, right. Sounds interesting, though. I mean, because even Tree of Life, people didn't really say that about when they came out of it. They were, you know, sort of drawn into the story anyway, even though mm-hmm. it's it's Malick and it kind of meanders around. That's not going. The uh, the, the new Malick. The you think it would with Ben Affleck already being in Telluride, but apparently not. It's, Definitely uh, not. At least that's what we're hearing. So. so doesn't Telluride always have one surprise screening? That would be nice if they did. If they surprised everybody with something, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, but, but mainly it's for me. It's all about Argo. I guess is the only real big. Oscar yeah. movie that's going to be there. And maybe Hyde Park and Hudson as far as performance. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Haven't heard anything about that, right? No. Haven't heard a thing. So is there any movie we haven't mentioned? Passion. The Passion. Brian De Palma remake of um, the French, the 2010 French film, which is called Love Crime. Um, it's just a pot boiler, corporate pot boiler about, you know, Murder and using people and competitiveness amongst women in the, in the marketplace. Um, the Hunt, which is a the Mads Mikkelsen uh, uh, movie about being accused of being a sexual predator, <clears throat> that was what gave resulted in his being given a Best Actor award at Cannes. Uh, I think it's kind of a head scratcher that uh, that they're doing a tribute for Mads Mikkelsen, good actor, no no no. Uh, dismissing uh, words for me. I'm just saying, I don't know. that. Well, why is he getting a tribute? I mean, he's fine, but, you know, it's tributes, aren't they, about the person who's been around for a while and his body of work and all that? So. Right, right. Well, he's obviously heading, trying for an Oscar, you know, to break the, the best actor, which is going to uh-huh. be tough. That's incredibly tough to do um, yeah. in our, con- you know, in our race because it's... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. It's always about best actor, you right. know, and it's just going to be jammed full. But it is a great performance, you know. That's a really good film. They should, you know, they're probably going to remake it here, you know, and put somebody in it like Richard Gere or someone like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I'd see that again. I liked that movie. There's also uh, Noah Baumbach's uh, black and white film with Greta Gerwig called Francis Ha. Uh, why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> You thought that it was that her name that had some sort of Francis Ha was like the name. Wasn't it sounds it? like an Asian name, right? <laughs> Obviously. I think That's it's more like thing. Francis yeah. Ha. You know, yeah. like that. <laughs> Whatever the meaning of it, it's not about being uh, uh, Asian or having an Asian stepdad or nothing like that. It's it, it, there's a particular meaning that is revealed according to somebody who's seen it at the very last uh, scene, right at the end. So. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't have an affair, or did they have an affair? They are entwined as a partner uh, is entwined. They've been going since last year. But we don't know if they broke up the marriage of... Well, but do the chronology. Do the chronology. Greenberg came out, I believe it was... They made Greenberg in 09. I can't remember if it came out in 09, but it was definitely shot in 09. Or was it early 10? It was one of the two. <laughs> the a divorce between uh, Noah Baumbach and Jennifer Jason Lee happened in 2010. The relationship 
I, I understand, I don't know, but I understand that his relationship with Greta Gerwig has been going since 2011. So what would you imagine would be a factor in he and Jennifer Jason Lee parting company? It looks like it might have had something to do with it, but maybe not, you know. Well, it might, <laughs> it might be just that, you know, it didn't start, but that it was going to start and that it just sort of highlighted what he felt was a dying relationship anyway. You there know, you go. and like he that. could have wanted to get out of it and then hook up right. with with Greta Gerwig, I guess maybe. Yep. I yep. don't know, but who's what studio is that? That movie. They do not have a distributor. They don't have a distributor. Oh, Scott Rudin produced it though, right? I don't even know that, but I'll, I'll I'm not disputing. I just don't remember. I don't have it in front of me. I think yeah, I think he's one of the producers on it. Um, okay. So. Right. Yeah, kind of looking forward to that. We'll see. We'll see what her effect on him is. He's a pretty morose fellow, but um, but it doesn't look like a very morose film. So no, she's. It's about a, a woman with an indomitable spirit, um, a very positive attitude. She wishes what she's like. So oh God, I hope it's not like that um, other movie. You know the right. oh Happy Go Lucky. Happy Go Lucky. Mike Lee film. Yeah. So this isn't going to be like that. I hope. I don't know. But but there was something about that character, I felt, that she was the sort of person who would go up to people that she doesn't really know that well and ask them, are you happy? That's the kind of thing that people from Scientology will ask people or someone who's recently gotten spiritual, found, found God or something. So it's, there's an oppressive almost like, I want to bully you into being happy if you're not. <laughs> Did, um, have you met Greta Gerwig? I had a dinner with her. Oh, yeah? What was she like? She's a lot of fun. She really likes. She has a good ear for uh, for music. Uh, we were uh, talking about the Phil Spector uh, songs that had uh, and that documentary. She knows her films up and down. She really is smart, and oh, yeah. uh, she struck me as really uh, good girlfriend material. Good, good lady. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Was she funny and vivacious yeah. and? Yeah, just open to stuff. She's very sharp. She's really. Uh, she knows her. She has her passions. And uh, I thought it was horrible what they did to her when she was in that Warner Brothers thing, um, Arthur, which wasn't a very good film, you know, the remake of the Dudley Moore thing. <clears throat> but I thought that what they did, and that even, even now to this day, they used a one-sheet initially that had Jennifer Garner and, um, and uh, Helen Mirren, and of course, uh, um, why am I blanking, you know... Um, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. And uh, th those, and with her not in it, she was basically the Liza Minnelli character. They had, they did not have her in the main poster. Right. And I said, what's going on with this? And they said, well, that's because she's, she's an indie girl and people don't know her, so they're trying to sell the big names. That was where I know her from, yeah. Okay. Then they came out with her uh, in the poster. They, they worked her in, which is just really insulting. I mean... She, you've cast her. She's in the movie. You're not going to put her in the poster. I just thought it was really sleazy. <laughs> and then um, now the DVD or the Blu-ray is out, and you look at that. Same, they're back to square one. She's not in it. And it's like, what, what kind of people would do something like that? I know? know. Well, listen, nobody's going to want to. They're going to have a hard time selling that movie anyway, you know? Oh, yeah. But I agree with you. It was weird. Why cast her at all if they're just going to put her in the background like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, I think it's a weird title, Francis Ha. You know, um, um, some guy on Hollywood Elsewhere said Francis Nah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right away. <laughs> you know, smart act, you know. Yeah, that's my. You know, I hate to be one of those people because it's really lame to be someone who's turned off by a title. But I do think that title is really awful. Yeah. I would think of a different one. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But dude's in love, and he's, he just made a love letter to his new girlfriend or new wife or whatever she is. And uh, Girlfriend. Yeah. Girlfriend. So that means they're going to be there. That means you get to have a re reunion with – you know yeah. both of them, don't you? You know him too. Somewhat. I know him a little bit through, through Wes mainly, and I, I saw him, him and Wes together at the social network party. And, and I went apeshit for Greenberg as – did others, but I really went ape shit for it. I thought it was great. I've watched it about eight times now. Yeah, wow. Uh, I, I, and people were, and people hated Greenberg. Some people, I actually found a photo of a ticket booth somewhere in New York, or was it, and said, the people who want their money back in Greenberg, I'm sorry, but if you bought the ticket, that's it. You can't, you know, 
they actually, enough people had asked for their money back for them to put a sign up in the ticket booth. Wow, amazing. no kidding. Um, That's crazy. Well, all right, so we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I want to say one quick thing. <clears throat> I just want to make, uh, sort of say this to myself, for the record, but all this time, you know, the reason that video stores are no longer with us is, of course, because it's so simple to just queue up a movie on Netflix or Hulu Plus or Amazon Plus. Very simple. But I've never liked the quality of the um, of um, on the 50-inch that I have. I, I just don't think they, they look good enough. They look okay. I'm not yeah. saying they look awful. But they don't look that good. Uh, I got uh, two weeks ago an iPad 3. <clears throat> uh-huh. and I've got the apps for Netflix and I've got the apps for Amazon Plus and Hulu Plus. I don't, I'm not a subscriber to Hulu Plus, but the fact is that it's so easy to call up movies just like that. And they're just part of your regular monthly thing. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, I, I've, been, I've watched two movies and I said, what am I doing? You know, it's the first time I've ever really watched. I hate watching movies on a phone, but I find it marginally okay. It's fairly pleasant. To watch a film on an iPad, so That's I don't. Interesting. Find it. What do you think about watching films that well, way? Well, first of all, I have that iPad, but I only use it for reading. I haven't. I, does does it have like a Netflix app? Is that how you use it? With yes. Yes. And then, so you you just you do like a. Um, uh, it's called Instant Q. They have uh, if you are a Netflix eight dollar or ten dollar a month, whatever it is, person as I am. You just uh, go to what they have on Instant Q, and they've got tons of movies there. And you just no, like no, I know. I, I watch Netflix at home yeah. all the time. I'm just saying yeah. that as a for your iPad, you'd have to be in a Wi-Fi zone to use it. Because obviously, if you used it for data and you had like a 3G iPad, it would be ridiculous. You wouldn't want to watch a movie that way because it would eat up your data really fast. But if you were in a if you had a wife free Wi-Fi. That's the that's thing to when do, you correct. Would use it, Not yeah. use the data that you're paying for, correct? That's right, right, right. Don't use the data you're paying for. That's a mistake. Right. So, yeah. So if I if I get, oh, that's a really good idea. You know, that's smart. That's something you could do. in well, they they don't let you watch Netflix movies in in Europe, do they? Uh, no, they don't. Oh, well, well, I was <laughs> going to say found that out. You don't can't watch HBO Go. You can't watch Netflix. Nothing. So. That's a bummer because that's yeah. the one time you really want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I've some become, uh, now I'm, I'm suddenly, you know, I still love uh, Blu-rays, and I'm never, never going to give up on those as long as they're around. But it's, it is very pl- pleasant, and as you know, the pixels on the iPad 3. Yeah, and the other cool clean, thing to so. do now that you ha- you're watching streaming and stuff is um, is Amazon Prime. I don't know if you're an Amazon Prime member. But I am. I have that, too. Yeah, then you can just go on there and watch all their movies, too. Right. So, pretty yeah. cool. This is, this is the future. Sadly, mm-hmm. this is the way it's going to go. But it's it's really makes a difference to watch something on a big screen. I mean, a fifty-inch screen at home. But I mean, to, I, I don't want to become just a iPad three person movie-wise. That's not what I want. But it's good. It's a nice way to do it. I, I don't have any big problems with it. Uh, I just think it's absurd to watch Lawrence of Arabia on an iPhone. But that's uh, that's been the big joke. Um, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, darling, I guess it's. Uh... Yeah. So I'll, um, I'm, I'm glad that you're coming Thursday. Big coming relief. Thursday, and, I know. Uh, huge relief. And um, I guess I will it, see you then. I don't talk to you before then. Uh, do you have the address of our host on I Thursday? I do, yes. And we will be having, a, hopefully, doing our podcast from Telluride. Absolutely. Next Sunday, which is shocking to think, but that's yep. what we'll be doing. <laughs> yeah, let's definitely do it on Sunday morning. Yep. Okay, it sounds good. Okay, have a nice day. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to episode 90 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com, and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Oscar Podcast. And the bumper music today was Power to the People, John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. And everyone, everybody knows This is Nowhere by Neil Young. Thanks for listening. Think I'd like to go back home and take it easy. There's a woman that I'd like to get 
I'm n o 